Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back uh, middle of the week, uh, our first week of second round action. Uh, and if you'll remember, on Monday's show, we really didn't talk much about the second round itself. So we've got plenty to talk about here to get kind of caught up to speed. Um, of course, I am your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show, uh, both new listeners and uh, previous listeners alike. Um Everyone who's listening, we we welcome you and we appreciate your support on the podcast. Um, as far as the plan for today, yeah, we're mainly focused on game summaries from uh, all the way back from Saturday up until tonight, um, which is eight games, sorry, seven games total um, from all four of the series. Um and I mentioned on Monday they had the schedule spread out a little bit in kind of an interesting fashion. And it looks like the goal of getting all the series onto one page is going to be is pretty well set um, with tomorrow's game. All after tomorrow's game, all four series will have played their first two games. Um, and so we'll then, you know, be caught up to speed at that point. Um, <clears throat> and all the series will be kind of on the same schedule. Uh, for the most part. But anyways, um, we have that. We'll have our latest news, of course, and then we'll cover any other topics that are uh, important to talk about um, outside of just game summaries and such. Um, but otherwise, it seems like it'll be a pretty straightforward show for you. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, and we'll do this by series. And we'll start with the series that tipped off first. The Phoenix Suns, the four seed, starting off on the road. Uh, in Denver against the Nuggets, who have the home court advantage in this series. Of course, Denver a one seed, Phoenix a four seed. Um, And so they've played the first two games. The first game was on Saturday. The second game was on, what day was that? That was Tuesday. Let me double check that. Monday, Monday night. So Saturday and Monday, and they have not played since Monday, and they will not play until Friday. So they have the longest break of any of these series, interestingly enough. But <clears throat> those are the first two games, again, in Denver. Uh, game three will be in Phoenix. Um, and in the first two games, the uh, Nuggets did exactly what they were hoping to do. They got both game one and game two victories. They are up 2-0 in the series, taking care of business on the home court. Um, that's you know, you can't ask for much more than that from your team. Um, in the first game, Denver really outpaced the Suns. I mean, uh, Jamal Murray in particular had a stellar game. Uh, it was a close, you know, first quarter. Then the Nuggets went on a great run and they had a sustained lead in the second half. Um, in those first few minutes, it was really back and forth. I mean, 19 lead changes in that span. And then the Nuggets just went on a huge um, scoring spree. And they were able to get some stops and and string together a great game. Um, looking at things for the Suns, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker combined for a pretty solid game one. I mean, 29 points, 14 rebounds for Durant in game one with three blocks and one steal. Booker, 27 points, eight assists, two blocks and a steal. Both of those players, Durant for the last several seasons has been underrated defensively. Booker in particular for this season has really emerged as a solid defender, especially in the playoffs so far. Um, so that's great to see their, their two-way play in this uh, this series so far. DeAndre Ayton, 14 points, seven rebounds. Um, there were people online making some you know, comments about his defense at times in that game one, and he might have even addressed that himself uh, either post-game or before game two as far as um, – you know, putting putting a, a little bit better effort. And, and again, I don't want to say that he wasn't trying. I think that would be certainly disingenuous. But um, especially in moments when you have the opposing team go on a run, you know that you are technically the lower seed. You're playing against a guy that's been a two-time MVP. Um, you know, Aiden, as a number one pick, has been very solid. And that's, you know, he's, you think about number one picks that are, all-time greats, your LeBrons, your Kareems, you know, you think about number one picks that are complete busts, Anthony Bennett, um, LaRue Martin, you know, guys like that. DeAndre Ayton is almost right in the middle of that 
He's productive when he's locked in. He's a very good rebounder. Uh, at times elite, again, when he really gets it going, can get some points in, can do solid defensively, not a standout defender, but can do solid there, um, can work in a team system. And, you know, we saw with the Suns finals run, he can be a, a core member of a contending type team. Um, but he hasn't ever been a star really, you know, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, especially when you're playing a series against a two-time MVP at your position, you need to be able to kind of answer that call, if you will. Anyways, a longer tangent there. Uh, Chris Paul, 11 points, five assists in this one. His numbers have been down generally in this year's playoffs. Um, those were their double figure scores. They had some guys with a couple more points off the bench, Landale and Payne, but for the Nuggets, better all around team play. Jamal Murray again, 34 points, leading all scores in this one. Nine assists, five rebounds, two steals, great percentages all around. Jokic, perfect complimentary game, 24 points, 19 rebounds, only five assists, but you know, Murray was passing it well. They had a good team passing game going, and that's more the exception than the rule. We know that Jokic is usually going to rack up assists, and even at five still, it's just for his standard. We expect him to be close to 10 assists every game, and five is still a good number, you know, especially for a center. He's just such an oddity in that category. It seems like a, a low number. Um, Aaron Gordon, 23 points, six rebounds. Uh, good good game for him all around. Bruce Brown, 14 points, three assists, and three steals off the bench. 10 points for KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope with two steals, and Michael Porter Jr. with 11 points and two steals. Um, both those guys picking up a couple blocks and a couple assists as well. So, um, or a couple rebounds and a couple assists, excuse me. So, um, yeah, Nuggets starters and, you know, their, their big bench piece, just a little bit better than the Suns, you know, and, um, yeah, Paul and Aiton, not the type of games you might expect with Aiton. You're maybe looking for a couple more points, um, a little better rebounding night for Paul. I mean, the assists. Maybe, but yeah, he can be a better, bigger scorer for the Suns team. He hasn't been really much of a scorer this season. Um, <clears throat> I think if the Suns really want to contend in the series, he needs to raise that 11 points to maybe at least 16, 17 points a game. You know, I don't think that's too much to ask. They really need that additional scoring. And the bench is a big question mark. You know, Terrence Ross, for example, only played five minutes, zero points. Um, he's one of the big guys you would point to as far as, okay, there's a bench piece that should be able to get some points. Um, if he's not getting points, who's going to get the points? You know, that's a big question for Phoenix. And uh, we go to game two then. This is a closer game, uh, lower scoring game. The Nuggets still won 97-87. By the way, the previous game score 125-107. to 107. I don't know if I ever officially said that. Game two, 97-87 for the Nuggets. Um, and they had actually a bit of a rally. It was a much closer game throughout Back and forth, 17 lead changes, just about the same as game one. But the difference was those changes were up to the beginning of the fourth quarter. So much closer, much harder fought. Nuggets with a great late game, late uh, fourth quarter run to seal a victory here. Look at things for Phoenix, 35 points, six assists, five rebounds for Devin Booker. 24 points for Durant with eight rebounds three assists, but he also had two blocks and a steal. Uh, DeAndre Ayton with 14 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and one block. Um, so those guys all solid. DeAndre Ayton just a you know, smidge better. Booker a little even better than game one. Chris Paul, though, eight points, six assists, five rebounds, only playing 25 minutes. He left early in the game, uh, actually more in the second half, uh, I believe, end of the third quarter beginning of the fourth sometime in that time frame with a groin injury and we'll have a little more details in just a moment but um bench scoring even less a factor for the suns four total bench points and that's uh that's really tough to win when you have that situation for the nuggets Jokic continues to stand out 39 points 16 rebounds 
five assists, two steals, and a block, doing everything. Aaron Gordon was 16 points, two steals, a block, an assist, a rebound. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, and one steal. And Jamal Murray really struggled. 0 of 9 from three-point range, 20% from the floor, 10 points, eight assists, four rebounds. Um, And this is really concerning for Phoenix. Jamal Murray, usually the trend has been, I mean, you look at the last couple postseasons, they didn't have Jamal Murray in the fold. And the Nuggets at those times were a quick out. At least some people consider them that. And in this game, Jamal Murray, of course, the co-star alongside Jokic, and they have a good all-around cast. But Jamal Murray is the secondary guy. He's the Robin to Jokic's Batman, if we want to use a overused comparison in the sports world. But for Murray to only score 10 points in this game and the Nuggets to win by 10, the Suns get four total bench points, that's a big concern. And it was something we had mentioned as an afterthought with the Durant trade, you know, you're giving up Mikhail Bridges, you know, forward for forward. That makes sense. You're also giving up Cameron Johnson and they gave up Jay Crowder, who they had not had with the team for the regular season anyways, but gave up all that forward depth. You know, Okogi starting is fine. He's a serviceable player. Um, he got two minutes and an, and one assist in 21 minutes of play as a starting small forward. And he's capable of a lot better play. I know that that is an off game for him, but it's not an entirely unsurprising game for a player who's at times struggled with consistency and is overachieving in that starting role to a degree. And again, that bench, no points for Torrey Craig, Damian Lee. Wainwright, Landell, they didn't even play, you know, Ross or Shamit. TJ Warren's not playing. Um, at times, I thought this Suns bench would be solid. And these first two games are really putting that into question. So that's maybe a little longer conversation about this Suns Nuggets series in general. The onus is really on the Suns. They pretty much have to get, in my mind, if we want to be, you know, an absolutist, if that's even a word, if we want to be, you know, making bold claims to me, if the Suns don't get both games three and four, I mean, they would be down three, one. And we know the statistics around that, but you know, it's just, if they don't get both these games in Phoenix, then the series is over to me. You know, I think they have they have to get both. If they get one, they're down three one. Obviously, the statistics say that the series is pretty much over at that point, and I would, you know, very much agree with that. Um, so that's a little bit more in depth as far as the series goes. For the Suns, I mean, Booker, Durant, they're delivering. Aiton could maybe do a touch more, and Paul with the injury that's a concern. You know, the stars are not the issue. It's the supporting cast. And uh, that's a long story short there. You know, and the Nuggets, with that in mind for Phoenix, we've seen in games one and two in this series, they have that potential to, you know, just get a couple guys locked in. The other guys just do what they can and they come out with a series victory. You know, there's a potential for that. So anyways, that's a little longer dialogue around Suns and Nuggets. Long story short, Nuggets took the two games at home. They're up 2-0. Now they go into Phoenix on Friday night to uh, see if they can take a commanding 3-0 lead or if the Suns be able to bounce back, likely without Chris Paul. Uh, so that's that situation. Let's jump to the next series, which tipped off Sunday night, and uh, game two was last night on Tuesday. The Miami Heat and the New York Knicks, the big surprise one. The Heat as an eighth seed playing in the Garden in New York against the Knicks, the five seed. Um, the first two games, both in New York, and they split the series. Miami shocked the, the Knicks a little bit with a game one victory, 108 to 101. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry in particular really 
um, powering this victory. Not too many lead changes. Miami got the good start. Knicks went on a great run to build a nice lead in the second quarter going into halftime. Uh, Heat made the right adjustments at halftime, uh, took the lead back, and maintained it, although it was never really a huge lead uh, until towards you know the last few minutes of the game. So pretty close game throughout. You know, Give both teams credit. Uh, the Knicks in that one, Jalen Brunson, 25 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Solid all-round game. 0 for 7 from 3 is tough, but... You know, he's he's still relatively new to being, you know, the guy or one of the guys on the team, you know, unequivocally. Uh, we saw it start last season with Dallas, of course, but, um, you know, 0 for 7, but still 25 points, close to 50% from the floor. That's not too bad. You know, you can take that. 26 from RJ Barrett with nine rebounds, seven assists. Tough late game moments from him i caught the last few minutes um rougher play at times as far as quality but um all all around overall not a bad game uh by any means obi Toppin, of course starting it forward they were without julius randall in game one 18 points eight eight rebounds that's pretty good for him filling in four of 11 from three that's great you know new york got a pretty good production out of him Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, 14 rebounds, two blocks, seven points. Not bad. Josh Hart starting in this one with 10 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, No start for Quentin Grimes. It looks like they might have made that adjustment, having Hart starting and Grimes coming off the bench. Mixed feelings on that, but I can see that motivation. Not a lot of bench production for New York, though, and that could have been a factor here. For the Heat, they went deep in the bench. They got some points from the bench guys that maybe kind of made the difference in this one, really. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, 25 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals. I mean, doing everything, picking up where he left off uh, in that, uh, you know, first round series, the win against the Bucks to get them into the second round. Um, late game situation, dealing with an ankle injury uh, in this game. I believe it was around that same end of third quarter beginning fourth if i recall correctly or maybe part way into the fourth quarter he played through the rest of the game finished it out did what he could uh, i think they kind of said he was sort of like a decoy out there um good all-around game but he is you know he, he that injury will be a factor in the series we'll talk about it more in just a moment um 20 points for gabe vincent with five assists 16 points eight rebounds for bam out of bio 18 points off the bench with six assists and four blocks for Kyle Lowry. So, you know, Vincent Lowry, the the two-point guard tandem, and then Butler and Adebayo getting it done for Miami. Um, and a handful of points from, you know, Struess, Love, Killa Martin. Um, those guys doing enough to, to fill out the rest of that uh, game for them. So for New York, you know, without Julius Randle, they honestly did pretty well to try and make up that gap, but the heat riding the high of a series victory, continuing to have great play from Butler, other guys stepping up motivated, you know, it's a good victory for Miami. You got to give them that um, New York in game two. Again, this is Tuesday uh, still in Madison square garden in New York Knicks bounce back. And that's great for them in the series um, <clears throat> coming off that game. One loss um, Julius Randall, did return in this game. So that was great for them to be able to see that back and forth game throughout. Um, no one leading by more than eight points at any point in the game. Um, Knicks, you know, took their final lead of the game a few minutes left in the fourth. So again, it was really anyone's game, but a, a gutsy win for New York. Give them credit in this one for Miami. Uh, 22 points, eight rebounds for Caleb Martin because uh, he was their leading scorer. Jimmy Butler did not play at all in this game and credit to Miami for keeping it that close without the guy who was such a catalyst for them and is their star player to be able to keep it close like that. That's, you know, credit to them. Kale, uh, credit to Kale Martin. Yeah. 22 points, eight rebounds, four of eight from three uh, Gabe Vincent with 21 points, five assists, four of 12 from three, but still both those guys hitting some threes. Struess with three of seven from three, 17 points, 15 points for out of bio with eight rebounds, six assists. Um, 
And yeah, those four great all round game, a couple points on the side to get it done for the Knicks. Uh, though they had the their trio really got it done. You know, Julius Randle, 25 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. Fantastic game in his return. RJ Barrett with 24 points, three rebounds, three assists. Um, both those guys good from three. RJ Barrett, five for nine from three-point range. Randall, three of nine. Um, but Jalen Brunson, the clear leader, 30 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Coming off that tough three-point shooting game, phenomenal three-point shooting game. Six of 10 in this one, 60%. And then Josh Hart, for 14 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, a near triple-double with uh, with pretty good percentages all around, all things considered. Um and yeah, those four outdueling the Miami Heat four. If there's a concern for New York to only win this game by six, a rebound type game without Jimmy Butler, um, it says a lot about Miami's depth and potential player ability. Um, and it raises some concerns for New York as far as, you know, what more do they need to do? What are some of the spots they're missing as far as being able to you know, have the pieces together to win this series. But again, they've, they've split the series. Obviously they would have liked to have both the home games, but now they have that potential to, okay, we're going to go into Miami. If we can steal a game in these next couple of games, then we've essentially reset the series two to two. We go back, you know, two of the next three in New York, you're in a good spot there. So New York has that opportunity for Miami. They're pretty, they're feeling much better. You know, New York can feel, okay coming out of those two games Miami feels fantastic or at least feels pretty good obviously the Butler injury concern but you get one of those road games you get take you know take care of business at home up 3-1 then you're in a phenomenal position to close out that series so a lot of intrigue Um, games three and four will be really intriguing to watch to see what New York can do in Miami and to see what happens with Jimmy Butler. So there's maybe an update on your series. Um, Things pretty tightly knit there um, as far as that goes. Let's jump to that third series, which tipped off on Monday, um, and we had game two tonight, Wednesday night. And that's your Sixers-Celtics series, the Philadelphia 76ers, the three-seed uh, in Boston for the first couple games, the Boston Celtics, the two seed with the home court advantage in the series and the Sixers pull off the stunner without Joel Embiid uh, for game one. The Sixers win 119 to 115 um, on the road. Thanks to James Harden's heroics. Uh, fantastic for the Sixers to be able to, to say that 16 lead changes close game throughout Again, a dagger three by James Harden at the end sealed the victory for the Sixers, and that's a phenomenal start, especially without Joel Embiid. You really can't ask for much more than that. Uh, For the Celtics, huge game from Tatum, 39 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, a steal and a block. He's really been on a great string the last few games. A phenomenal game for him there. Jalen Brown, 23 points, six rebounds, four assists. Great game in support of Tatum. Brogdon, phenomenal. 20 points off the bench, three rebounds, three assists. For uh, Marcus Smart, 12 points, seven assists. For Al Horford, 11 points, six rebounds, three blocks with three assists as well. Uh, Derek White, not a lot of points, but uh, three assists, a steal, a couple rebounds, doing some of those you know, nitty-gritty things. Robert Williams, a couple points, and seven rebounds off the bench. Uh, but for Philadelphia... James Harden, 45 points, six assists, and two steals. Looking like Houston James Harden out there. Phenomenal play. 26 points from Tyrese Maxey. Uh, 18 points for Tobias Harris with five rebounds, three assists. Uh, Maxey, by the way, had four steals in this game. Paul Reed, starting at center, continues to be um, a great emergency option. If you really have to not play Embiid, Paul Reed has done what he needs to do as the reserve 10 points, 13 rebounds, a steal and a block doing everything out there that he needs to 17 points for DeAnthony Melton off the bench with two blocks two assists, great things, great gutsy win for this Philadelphia team. And, uh, 
great way for them to start the series. And they felt they must have felt great going into game two with the return of Joel Embiid, the recently named league MVP. Congratulations, Joel Embiid. We're kind of rooting for him, or I, at least I was. I think a lot of people were. Uh, he'd been a runner up the last couple of seasons. Um, that'll be part of our news, of course. Uh, we'll touch on it again. But yeah, Embiid coming back uh, for game two tonight. They, you know, felt like they had a chance to really uh, take this game or this series, the game, of course, but the series as a whole, take it by the reins and really take control. Um, but Boston responded exactly the way they needed to. Huge win, 121 to 87 in this game for the Boston Celtics route. Uh, a route in this game is, you know, that's absolutely. And um, <clears throat> started small, gradual lead built, and especially in the third, late through the third, they went on a, a nice little run <clears throat> to extend that lead even further. Celtics lead by as many as 36 points, winning by just you know slightly less than that. For the Sixers, again, Embiid played. He started, played maybe slightly less minutes, 15 points, five blocks, and three rebounds. For a guy just coming back, that's not bad, you know, you you just want to get some production out of him. Um, but the rest of the Sixers crew just wasn't able to match their monster game one effort. Um, the leading scorer for them, Tobias Harris, 16.7 rebounds, uh, 13 points for Tyrese Maxey, and 12 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists for James Harden. All of their double-figure scores, no one with 20 or more points. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown, great all-round game, 25 points, four assists, three rebounds, and two steals. Great percentages. 15 points each for Derek White and Marcus Smart. 23 off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon, which I saw a stat that's the most points off the bench by a Celtics player in about 10 years, something to that effect. Uh, 12 points for Grant Williams off the bench. Uh, he's been a little quiet in these playoffs so far. Um, you know, five guys in double figures, couple of those 20 plus point scores great game for the Celtics however Jason Tatum seven points seven rebounds three assists and a block the rebounds the block the assists he always is going to find ways to contribute outside of that scoring if the scoring is a struggle I you know recognize that we should you know be aware of that you know hey he's not just a scorer obviously the the best players in this league are not just scorers of course so he's you know contributing to the team win and again you get off to a hot start and you have a rough shooting night it's not really going to be a point of emphasis but that being said to only get seven points it's one thing to have an off night as a star and you get 14 points 15 points you know but to have seven points in this game i I don't know. That sits with me a little weird, but I won't dwell on that because I realize and I'm thinking about the fact that I've touched on this topic kind of a lot over the last week or so. So I don't want to belabor a point. And I also don't want to try and belittle Jason Tatum as a player because he really is a great player, you know, and I, and he, and a lot of the greats have, you know, struggles in in playoffs so it's not any type of you know trying to be derogatory or deride a certain player that is not my intent i'm just you know celtics are one of the teams you know if the jazz are out of it i kind of like to see the celtics do well um i've liked some of their you know past players past teams and so for me it's just kind of you know i'd like to see that from tatum as far as you know every game, a standout game. So again, don't want to blabber a point, but that's just something to consider. Regardless, Celtics as a team get a great win, great bounce back game. So now the series flips to Philadelphia. Embiid, of course, the team hopes that he is going to be consistently in that starting lineup from now on, that he's back from this injury. Played okay in the return, you know. Um, <clears throat> certainly not... Um, not a lot of bad things to see as far as, you know, again, picked up double digit scoring was blocking shots, good free throw performance, you know, and, um, you know, rougher shooting night, but still 
it had been a while since they had played. So <clears throat> since he had played rather. So that's understandable. And especially going back to back home, you get his MVP level play alongside a seemingly rejuvenated Harden Maxi in a, you know, playoff series again, um, uh, Tobias Harris, you know, I, I like the Sixers positioning for the Celtics. They're not too bad either. You know, again, it's like that Knicks series. They would have liked to have both at home, but now on the road, historically recent history, this Celtics Sixers matchup is heavily favored the Celtics. And a lot of those same guys have been there for that run. Tatum Brown Horford, you know, those series. And so Celtics probably, feel like they have a good chance to take at least one of these games in Philadelphia and go back to Boston tied to two, two, but conversely, the Sixers probably have, you know, similar good thoughts about taking both home games and going up three, one very similar, of course, to the Miami, New York series, similar circumstances. So that's where we'll leave it. Game three will be, um, or looks like Friday with that game three of the nugget sun series. And, um, Saturday will be the the Knicks and the Heat uh, game three. Saturday, we'll also see game three of our final series we're touching on, and that is maybe the most exciting in a variety of ways. And that's your other Western Conference matchup. The seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers on the road uh, for the first game in uh, San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors, the six-seed. LeBron versus Steph Curry. Um, But of course, LeBron with the Lakers this time around and Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell are on the team. Russell used to play with the Warriors for, you know, about a a half a season with Curry, Draymond. uh, Clay was still injured at that time. There's, you know, all sorts of storylines and intrigue around this series. And it starts off with an absolute bang. The Lakers steal game one on the road, 117 to 112. As close as I thought this series would likely be, I really did not expect. I was really surprised that the Lakers took game one. Um, And it's super exciting for the possibilities for this series. This could very easily, like the Warriors-Kings series, this could very easily go seven games. And I think a lot of NBA fans would be ultra happy to see that. Seven games of LeBron versus Curry, you know, AD versus clay and and draymond and jordan Poole. that's a super intriguing matchup and it was back and forth 17 lead changes in this game lakers with a big mid fourth quarter lead the warriors you know tie the game uh with a couple minutes left back and forth looks like the warriors might be able to uh you know have a spirited comeback and win the win the game and um in the final moments jordan Poole. uh it takes maybe a questionable shot. Uh, since then, the Warriors, you know, Kerr and and the other players, they've supported Jordan Poole. Like, you know, we he's one of our guys. You know, he's one of our the key performances on this team. We don't have a problem with him taking that shot. Um, outside fan perspectives, you know, maybe have an issue with it's a little bit of a deeper three close game situation. You know maybe you'd rather like to see it in the hands of a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson. Um, regardless, Lakers come out on top, both teams with equal chance to win it, but Lakers with the bigger runs and, and a, an impressive win uh, by all accounts for the Warriors in this game. Uh, Steph Curry leading the way, 27 points, six rebounds, three assists coming off. Of course, that historic game seven performance against the Kings, good all round game, great all round game to start off this series. 25 points for Clay Thompson uh, and Jordan Poole off the bench with 21 points and six assists. We should also add all three of these guys, <clears throat> Curry and Thompson, the splash bros and Poole, the, the splash nephew. I think that was maybe Wyatt's uh, term he used on one of these episodes. Each of them had six, three pointers on their own. So the trio uh, trio of sixes, a um, little alarming, for its own unique reasons, but still 18 combined threes from three players is unbelievable. Um, they got a couple more threes from Jamichael green off the bench of all people. And then uh, Andrew Wiggins was one of five from three, 15 points in the game. Come on Looney, 10 points, but 
continues to be a dominant rebounder, 23 rebounds with five assists in this game. Draymond, of course, seven assists, three blocks, a steal, and four rebounds, six points, you know, doing his Draymond thing that, you know, more often than not has led to winning and a lot of championships. So you can't really fault it. Um, For the Lakers, though, Anthony Davis steps up again. He has been stepping up this season, stepped up at various points in the playoffs, despite some other struggles in some games, 30 points, 23 rebounds. He matches Kevon Looney's rebounding effort, five assists and four blocks. So really locking in is that inside presence, you know, that current starting center, even though he usually likes to be the power forward starting center for the Lakers. Uh, LeBron, 22 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, three blocks, kind of similar to AD, just on a smaller scale, um, you know, complimentary role. And LeBron, I kind of like that he's, you know, very willing. And he, and he said that for a couple of seasons, but now it's really starting to kind of fall in line. Anthony Davis being the main focal point, the scorer, the rebounder, and LeBron, the guy who's going to help set him up and get everyone else set up. Um 19 points, six assists with a steal and a block for D'Angelo Russell. 19 points off the bench for Dennis Schroeder. And um, 10 points for Austin Reeves with five rebounds and three assists. Great all-round team play. Um, Again, super excited to see the Lakers able to take that first game, especially with not completely uncharacteristic poor three-point shooting. I mean, LeBron, one of eight from three, that's a little rough. You know, still had a good scoring game all around, but they get the win anyways with that tough of a shooting night. That's great to see. The Lakers were 24% from three-point range on 25 attempts. The Warriors doubled those attempts and shot 40% from three, and they still couldn't find a way to win this game. It's hugely exciting for the Lakers. And for the Warriors, it raises that flag of, okay, you know, this is not going to be just because, you know, we, you know, um, how do I say this? In the regular season with the Warriors, the inconsistencies and the road struggles led to a succeed. But we knew that at any, any minute they were capable of that high caliber playoff level basketball. And they proved that in spades in the first round. Now they're in the second round and they're facing a team that had a worse regular season than the Kings and were much more inconsistent, dealt with the injury issues. For the Warriors, it might have been easy to say, and I'm not saying they did, but it might have been easy to say, okay, we've got a little bit of an easier situation here. Um, and whether or not they did, this game one outcome certainly shows them that, hey, this is not going to be any kind of easy series and likely they didn't think that anyways, but um, it'll be very interesting to see how they respond in game two. Um, Do they roll out the same lineup and rotation and just do, you know, slightly different game plan as far as how they want to guard Anthony Davis and LeBron. Do they do kind of what they did in the first round? They experiment with, you know, let's bring this guy into the lineup and, and have this guy come off the bench. And that'll be really interesting to see. And again, as I said, to me, this almost seems like the most intriguing, most exciting series in the second round, full stop. You know, even with Nuggets Suns, that one is a, probably a close second, super interesting. Even with, you know, Sixers and Celtics, two of the top teams in the East, they were jostling for position all season and beat an MVP. Um, You know, the heat Knicks series, the renewal of a rivalry and those lower seeds. um, It's the same lower seeds with the Warriors and Lakers, but it's so star studded. It's super exciting. So that's game one again, game two on uh, Saturday night after that Knicks heat game Friday and Saturday will be your game threes. So those will be super exciting to watch out for. And uh, that takes care of, uh, oh, sorry. Game two is Thursday. I was misspeaking. Game two on Thursday. That's the next playoff game we have. And then Saturday, game three, 
Um, so that'll be super exciting to watch for. But otherwise, that takes care of our game summaries for the whole second round thus far. Let's go ahead and jump into our key news. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Of course, we've already mentioned uh, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers has been named the 2023 Michael Jordan Most Valuable Player, the inaugural winner of that trophy, as are, you know, as have been all the award winners, your sixth man of the year, your defensive player of the year, all of those inaugural trophies newly named for NBA legends and the MVP named for Michael Jordan. So congratulations to Joel Embiid, the first 76er to be named MVP since Allen Iverson in 2001. Um, and he's a guy I've been pulling for all season. And actually the last couple of seasons would have liked to see him win at least one, you know, obviously Jokic certainly deserved. Um, he was well-deserving of both. So I really don't have a problem with him winning back to back, but I really wanted Joel Embiid to win this year's MVP. And he's, he's, he's won it. Congratulations to Joel Embiid. Certainly well-deserved and a great season. Um, and of course he hopes to follow that up with a great postseason. Um, and then also this one, a little more under the radar, the Sacramento Kings general manager, Monty McNair, he has been named the 2023 NBA executive of the year. And that of course, certainly well-deserved him and Mike Brown, the coach winning coach of the year, both of them instrumental and integral to the Kings being able to have their best season since the Chris Webber days. So phenomenal to uh, see that happen. So again, congratulations to him. Well-deserved for that award. Um, Let's touch base on some injury news. Uh, Going back to Joel Embiid, of course, just a quick mention. We already talked about it. He returned in game two. um, So you expect he'll be able to play for this series uh, for the the rest of the series, maybe some small minutes limitations, but otherwise you should be good for the Miami heat uh, guard forward. Jimmy Butler sat out game two with a, ankle injury and he is uncertain for game three. Um, Again, that was the ankle injury in game one. He played through it to a degree, did not play in game two. Of course, the heat hopefully to get him back as soon as possible. We'll have to keep you updated on as far as when he's able to return. And then for the Phoenix suns, this is a tough one. We mentioned Chris ball dealing with an injury left game too early with a groin injury. Uh, He is day to day. Um, they are going to do kind of a reevaluation in a week, more official updates. Uh, the report is he's doubtful for games three and four, maybe even game five. Um, talk that they, you know, of course, the Suns preparing for the worst, preparing to, if they have to, for the next few games, playing without Chris Paul, what that would look like for their scheme and, and you know, the rotation and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, tough, tough to see him go. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. And uh, with all three of these guys, we wish them well. Embiid is back. We wish that he's able to maintain that. He doesn't get injured again. And with uh, Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul, we wish them the best recovering from those injuries and getting back on the floor as soon as they can. Um, A small update for the uh, TV situation with the Warriors and Kings series from first round uh, from the first round. Game seven of that first round series reportedly was the most watched first round playoff game, NBA playoff game in about 24 years. Now, interestingly enough, I went to that page to see what that game was, the last game that was that high in viewership, and uh, they didn't bother to tell me in the article or anyone in the article. So that was a little disappointing to not get that information. But also, uh, apparently, this is the this was the most watched non or non finals game rather the most watched non finals playoff game in abc's history and i believe that's abc's recent history um early to mid 2000s and onward that they have been doing the nba finals so that's super interesting to see um <clears throat> you know any non finals game that's been on abc in that span that was the most watched. So super cool. Finally, small note for um, both the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they are scheduled to play two preseason games, a short little preseason series with each other in Abu Dhabi this upcoming preseason. If I remember correctly, 
last season it was last preseason it was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks um that played a preseason series in Abu Dhabi. I might be misspeaking there, but super interesting to see. Of course, the NBA likes to do a set of preseason games abroad to you know continue to expand the global reach of the league. Um, so that's cool to see. That'll be interesting to watch that uh, that series. Otherwise, that takes care of our key news for today. Um, and with that, we're all caught up to our current um, second round status. Let's go ahead and check in as far as you know this upcoming week, uh, rest of this week. Friday, we'll get you previewed for the weekend. As far as Thursday and Friday goes, uh, we got three games for you on Thursday. Uh, we have one game nine o'clock on East uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on ESPN, and that's Game Two of the Lakers Warriors series. Um, again, for the Lakers, they feel pretty set, but they would love to get a Game Two victory in Golden State. That would be crushing to the Warriors. Meanwhile, the Warriors they just need to respond. They need to have a, a solid home game. They need to get that victory to, you know, at least okay. Now it's tied one one going back to. Los Angeles, you have a chance to steal a road game. All that jazz we've kind of already talked about with the other two series. For Friday the 5th, we have two games, and this is the start of your game threes. Friday and Saturday will have two games on each day, and they're all game three of their series. So on Friday, it's an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, the Philadelphia 76ers host their first game of the second round against the Boston Celtics. And then at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, the Phoenix Suns host their first game of that series with against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Sixers and Celtics tied one to one. Suns lead the, or Suns trail the Nuggets two to zero, and they will look to try and tie the series at home. And of course, refresher for that Lakers Warriors series. The Lakers lead that series currently one to zero. So that is your outlook for the rest of this week. Um, and that's really the only other item I wanted to touch on. Um, we will explore some deeper segments with the second round, maybe on Friday's show, if not next week. So stay tuned for that. But otherwise, that takes care of everything. One quick comment I forgot to mention. Um, apologies, we don't have Justin on the show today. Um, as far as I know, he's probably still in a fairly busy work schedule. I reached out to him today. Um did not get a response. And I assume that's simply because he's got, you know, a busy slate, a lot of stuff going on. So, um, you know, we hope to get him back on soon. Uh, I hope to keep in touch with him about that. But uh, regardless, that takes care of our show for today. Again, for Friday, we'll just have a handful of games to cover. We'll go a little more in depth on the second round series. We've, we did a little bit, but we can certainly go more in depth about all of the series. Um, real quick, let's get you our this day in history fact. And for this one, we're going back to 2007, um, May 3rd of 2007 behind the play of Baron Davis and, uh, the rest of the golden state warriors, uh, the warriors make history in a 111 to 86 win in game six of their first round series against the Dallas Mavericks. The warriors won that series with that game six win, uh, four games to two in the process, becoming the first number eight seed to beat a number one seed in the best of seven playoff format. Um, if you'll recall, there was a couple of series before that um, in 94, the Nuggets and the Supersonics. Also in 99, the Heat and the Knicks. Both of those series were in eight seed beating a one seed, but those were best of five playoff series. Uh, the NBA used to do a best of five series in the first round. This one was a first round series and it was the first time in a best of seven that an eight seed beat a number one seed. So cool moment. The, we believe warriors, of course it was, you know, uh, a team that came out of nowhere in a streak of a long streak of warriors ineptitude, um, just before the current dynasty started. So, um, fantastic fact, great team a fun moment to look back on in NBA history. But regardless, that takes care of the rest of our show real quick. I'll plug our Instagram page. That's crossover across time. 
um, all one word, no capital letters on Instagram. Excuse me. We share content from the show as well as doing our best to like and share content from across the NBA. So that along with the podcast itself, those are both great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA as a whole. Um, With that, that takes care of everything. Thank you all again for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back with you on Friday's show. Thanks again. Thanks again.